Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the UI Breakfast Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Portman, and today our special guest is Ling Chang Lin, Senior Design Manager at Adobe, and we're going to talk about hidden powers of Adobe Document Cloud. This episode is brought to you by Abstract, design workflow management for product design teams using Sketch. Sign your team up for a free 30-day trial today by heading over to abstract.com. And if you tweet at GoAbstract and UI Breakfast, mentioning the show, you'll be entered for a chance to win a $500 credit to their business plan. Hey, Ling Chen. Hello, everyone. Um, this is Liang Chen Lin, located in San Jose, California, in the United States, from Adobe. Awesome. We are absolutely thrilled to hear from you about, about your document platform and everything. But before we get started, tell us a bit more about yourself. What did you do before? How long have you been serving at Adobe? Um, I have been at Adobe for uh, almost 12 years now. And uh, I have been focused in the area of PDF or document cloud. That's how we uh, define our domain right now at Adobe. And before Adobe, uh, I have been in the design field for uh, almost 20, more than 20 years now. Uh, my original background is uh, industrial design. Uh, originally, I came from Taiwan. I got my bachelor's degree from the National Chengdu University in Taiwan. And then uh, I came to the U.S. for advanced study, started at um, the Institute of Design at IIT at Chicago. Uh, after a short period of time of um, uh, working in the medical care design consulting firm, I entered another graduate school at Carnegie Mellon University at HCI Institute. Uh, after that, I relocated to California. That's where I would love to uh, live. So starting from there, uh, I start with my uh, career as a full-time designer for Siebel Systems, if people still remember, that was the, the leading um, CRM software company, which got acquired by Oracle. Uh, after five years, I joined Microsoft in Seattle for around a year. Uh, and then I came back to Bay Area in 2007, uh, joining Adobe since then. Wonderful. That's a very, very impressive list of companies you worked at. Okay. I wonder if you could, <laughs> I wonder if you have, uh, you know, if you could give kind of an overview of what, uh, which of the larger companies that you worked at you enjoyed the most. Well, that's not very politically correct, but <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, how, how was the culture specific and different at those companies? I think if you uh, just disclose, I joined Adobe in 2017. So I think obviously I've been here for 12 years. I think that speaks for everything, right? Um, this is a company that I believe most people who are interested in design will be desired to join because all designers use Adobe products since we're um, teenagers or uh, from where we're students. So I think um, innovation definitely is one of the key and also a wide variety of uh, product lines that Adobe support. Um, if you uh, are designers, definitely you are familiar with most of the um, creative application that Adobe provide. But if you pay attention to the news, actually these recent decades, Adobe has entered a different market or domain, right? Creative Cloud is one of them focusing on creative professionals. In addition, uh, PDF domain is some another technology that everybody know 
that is associated with Adobe. Acrobat and Reader uh, are, are two very famous product line in the industry, in the world, that used by hundreds of million users. So Document Cloud is um, the, the new domain that defined to kind of handle the, all the document and PDF needs for the users. So that's Creative Cloud is one part. Document Cloud is the second one. And the third one is called Digital Experience, or we call that Experience Cloud in the past few years. That is an area that we try to enter uh, the marketing automation field to really extend the life cycle of a company can support the customers. If you think about the original DNA of Adobe, it's about creative, right? And also PDF, which is document. Uh, when we um, interact or work with our clients, our product lifecycle support pretty much stop at after they create their creative materials or build up a website or create a video, right? There's not nothing beyond that Adobe can support. After Adobe acquired quite a few um, marketing automation or analytics company, we will be we have been able to extend that uh, service lifecycle to uh, not only sell our customers the tools they need to serve their customers, but also trying to serve them to track, uh, to measure, and to manage uh, the click through or the big data that we can serve our, our our customers. So I think so far you can see Creative Cloud, Document Cloud, Experience Cloud that constitute the order of broad or widespread of offerings for our Adobe customers. So it's not only about creative professionals, but also about how to support uh, other enterprise or big corporations. Thank you so much for uh, mentioning that. That was actually one of my questions because when I was reviewing information about Document Cloud, it was said that it's it's the third cloud. So I was yeah. wondering like what, what the first two are. Yeah. And you just gave us a perfect overview of those. So what's the philosophy behind uh, Adobe Document Cloud? Uh, so your goal is to establish document workflow for mm -hmm. your users. Yeah. Tell us more about that. Sure. I think um, a best way to probably summarize or provide an outline of what Document Cloud trying to help our customers, we define a sort of mission statement uh, in recent years. Uh, I'll read it out loud here. Uh, it is streamlined the creation, review, transaction, and delivery of effective documents. So I think it's a very concise statement, but actually that covers a lot, right? Traditionally, when people heard about PDF or Acrobat or Reader, people thought about, oh, that's an application or, or tools for, for me to view PDF. Uh, 20 years ago, uh, Reader probably was a very obvious choice for our users to view PDF. Recent years, I think... Um, you user will be able to get lots of free PDF viewers, or there's certain there are many many options the user can choose. However, Reader is still a very critical option for the user, partially because of the brand uh, reliability, um, and also we try to uh, help serve all the document needs that the user need, right? User user have in mind. For example, viewing PDF is one thing but also we allow the user to create PDF from Word, PowerPoint, or Excel sheet, and also allow the user to collaborate uh, with other people, either offline or in real time on the same document or, or same PDF. Also, we allow the user to uh, exchange document um, through our services. That could be uh, securely, securely encrypted, or we can set a password for the user to 
make sure the they they have uh, set up some th- threshold for the recipient to open the document, and also uh, there are other associate um, task flows that we added in the past few years uh, over over the few decades like. Acroform, uh, form authoring, form uh, data collection is one thing. And also recently, uh, scan app is something that we shipped last year uh, that allows a user to quickly capture an image and then we provide the free OCR services. The user can copy and search the document that is they just scanned. And then through the connectivity and um, integration among different platforms, uh, user will be able to access this scan file from their mobile uh, a, a mobile phone or their desktop reader or Acrobat application or the document cloud web web application. They can also access from their from their library or some other people's com- uh, computer. So it doesn't have to be uh, stick to one platform. I think cross platform is one thing that we feel proud of, and then we. Because of that, we allow the user to really um, get access to their document on any device and any time they need. Um, so I think that's pretty much, if you look at the, the, the industry right now, um, there are not many companies truly support uh, 100% cross-platform. Uh, I think we are probably one of those that truly try to, to achieve that. It's a big challenge, not only from the technical perspective, but also from a design perspective. So again, coming back to your original question, um, I think the original goal is to try to help users to streamline the creation, review, transaction, and discovery, uh, the delivery of the effective documents. That's that's a great way of putting it. So it's not only a set of tools for doing that, but also a storage solution, cloud storage, that give, puts it on the same line with, let's say, um, Google Drive or Dropbox or Apple Cloud. And how does that relate to that? Do you have any ideas on how a user could uh, kind of use both if they have, for example, Dropbox as an implied standard from yes. their uh, company? Yes. So um, Google and Dropbox, uh, we have close partnership with them uh, from different perspectives. Um, I think the to answer this question, it depends on what user tr- truly wants to achieve, right? For personal use, I would say probably most people uh, nowadays, uh, find it p- pretty uh, convenient and easy to do Google Sheet, Google Doc. That's no-brainer. Uh, the only reason that uh, the user might think of Document Cloud or Acrobat would be tied to a very specific document needs, right? For example, if I want to protect my document or mm-hmm. uh, if I if I got a PDF from other people, uh, but however, I don't have a um, the source file. Right? The people send me a PowerPoint deck as a PDF but I would like to reuse some of the content there. If I don't have uh, uh, the source file, then there's nothing I can do there. But through Acrobat or Document Cloud, um, you can actually convert that PDF to Word or PowerPoint or Excel, and then you can try to edit that uh, in their in the original application. Uh, in certain cases, I, uh, Acrobat also allow users to directly edit the text inside the PDF itself, right? So it depends on, are you doing the uh, simple text touch-up thing or do you really need to do a massive modification in the original file? It depends on what you are, what you need, right? So if you ha- if you afford Acrobat, because maybe you work for a bigger corporation that you've got a license to do that, you can directly do those tasks inside a- Adobe Acrobat application. If you are a company of one or an individual users, probably you feel 
paying money for Acrobat is a big deal. You don't want to do that. We have an alternative, which is similar to some of the subscription model right now. You can just pay like one ninety nine or two ninety nine. I forgot what's the current price right now. Uh, by doing that, you can still convert that PDF to Word or Excel uh, from Reader. Actually, you don't have to have Acrobat. You can do that from Reader. You can do certain tasks in your Acrobat mobile app. You can do that in our Document Cloud web app. So it, we we serve wide range of custom base ranging from uh, uh, general consumers, company of one, individual users, small business, line of business, all the way up to giant corporations. So it depends on uh, what your needs are. And then we have uh, different uh, offerings that try to tailor those use cases. I've been enjoying the powers of um, Adobe Acrobat lately because I'm a user of um, Adobe Creative Cloud and it comes with it. So before that, I've been kind of perceiving PDF as a read-only format or mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that you could, you know, add pages to or remove pages and that was about it. I was really impressed with the in-page editing opportunities that you have in there. So yeah. you can actually almost master new documents from scratch in there. Yeah. So wonder what your philosophy is in there. Do you really assume that people will come in and create documents from scratch or is it still like a secondary capture format? So I think it's a very philosophical and perception question. We have some internal discussion on this. To be honest, uh, I can say that added PDF, the feature or functionality you just described, has been one of the most successful ones that we have in our uh, our history in the past 25 years. Um, Because perceptionally, um, you can say that PDF why it's successful is not only about universal access and exchange, but also there's certain intention from the author side. Side, They intended to lock down the documents so other people cannot touch, right? So I think that mm-hmm. is the original uh, idea like 20, 20 years ago. However, the user need evolved and also the, the, uh, the industry trends also evolved. These recent years, we noticed that there's a need for the user to do some editing through the PDF. So now the argument came out, right? So if that conflict with author's intention, should we open that door? So actually, there are lots of flexibility and customization or preferences the user can set up when they use their Acrobat application. So in the case we just talked about, if you really don't want your uh, recipient to print or edit, you can actually prevent that from doing from users doing that. So you can set up certain um, uh, settings so that the recipient will not be able to even copy the text or print the document or even edit the, the document. However, if the, the, the author didn't set it up, then of course, if the recipient have a uh, Acrobat application, then they have the power to do exactly what you just said. So I think it depends on uh, what's a user need. And then there are lots of different settings and preferences user can manipulate and set up. Um, so the, depending on the, what the user intentions are. And added PDF, again, has been a great success. I think we introduced that uh, just three or four years ago. That has been a super popular uh, functionality that why users use Acrobat because it's so convenient. You don't need to have a source file. You can directly um, manipulate or change the font size, move size of fonts around, move text around, or even replace or insert uh, images uh, to the document. Totally, totally. Like I could sign every single word that you're saying. 
Well, maybe it would be useful for our listeners to have a short dive into the history of the PDF format, Mm -hmm. because uh, as you said, it was invented in the 90s by Adobe, and then it was licensed to the whole world as a free format, or Mm -hmm. just tell us more about that. Yeah, I think how it started is a kind of uh, initiative by our uh, Adobe founders, um, Chuck and John, and then... um, that um, the, it started with the, um, how to allow the user to print the, the document. At that time, there was no universal format. And then uh, when PDF become a, a standard, it was successfully kind of uh, perceived or, or received by the users, and it became an IS, ISO uh, standard. I forgot which year that, w- that was. And starting from there, uh, that become a universal and convenient way to exchange documents. So no matter well, what application, one platform you are, you are using, you'll be able to open the document and you can view that. And then as the user need grows, we started to add more functionality. For example, uh, we allow the user to add sticky notes, right? Or highlight because that is truly the subsequent need. After you review the document or view the document with your, your colleagues, there's a need to leave a comment so you can have some um, conversation, make it more easier when you, with different people look at the same document. At that time, there was no uh, uh, very mature connectivity or real-time collaboration. The only way is you add sticky notes to the PDF, you send it out to your colleagues, they look at that and then maybe they respond in, the, in the, their PDF and they send it back again. So you can see that multiple versions or multiple copies of PDF kind of got created and then it will be hard it has it was very hard to track which version was the, the newest one right and especially in the very complicated project and so we introduced some uh, features such as uh, uh, share review that allows the user to in real time collaborate on the same pdf document so that is um, i forgot which year that was but this has been in the product for maybe more than 10 years now and at that time, it just started to have some real-time collaboration on the same document, but we are not very satisfied with the, the progress there. So, and then we acquired a company uh, in Boston to kind of enhance, further enhance the collaboration functionality of the PDF. So today, um, we just shipped a new service last October called DC Review. So that was that is the truly cross-platform collaboration PDF tools that we have today. So no matter you are from mobile, desktop, or web, you can open a document, you can initiate this workflows called send for review, and then you either directly click a link, share that link with others, or you can specify whom you want to collaborate with, and then those users will collaborate together, access the same file in the cloud. So this time it's in the cloud, it's not the, the physical uh, digital document in your desktop, it's a cloud file. And then everybody can get there to just collaborate through highlighting, commenting, add sticky note, join tools, just like what Google Doc has right now. And then um, the benefit of that is that um, you can use ad mention. Um, so user can easily specific to assign certain tasks or certain comments to a certain people. They will get notifications uh, if they have their Acrobat or mobile app or DC web app open they will get notified and immediately um, interact with you or have some com- real-time conversation in the cloud. Um, and then once uh, the, the review is done, um, the initiator will get notification 
So that will improve some motivation and tracking uh, in the collaboration manner. So I think that's a new service we added recently. Uh, other area like security, I mentioned to protect the document or another a few popular feature, for example, organized pages within the PDF. Uh, if you want to combine multiple files into one single PDF, or if you want to add video inside the PDF, uh, that's also available uh, for quite a few years now. Uh, the other thing that we have been trying to do is to try to leverage uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning. So take a scan epic example. It's a very, pur- uh, very clear purpose-built application. What is needed is that after you scan the document, document cloud scan, um, so the document, the scan document will be uploaded to the document cloud and then the document cloud can detect what kind of file type this is. If that is a form, then we provide a contextual action for the user to fill and sign the form right away, if that is a, a form. If that's a business card, we contextually present the create contact action to the user. We predict probably the way you want to scan, the reason why you want to scan that is you want to keep this information. But in addition to keeping that in the digital format, maybe you want to um, extract those names and email email address and company to your personal contact in your mobile device. So that we also provide that connectivity to the address book or connect list in the contact list in the in the mobile application. So those are a few examples that um, a series of features we added over the years. Uh, there are lots of other dozens of things that I can discuss, but I think given the time we have, I'll just kind of pause here to see if that any <laughs> Well, you've given us a perfect overview of of what makes it so special as a document workflow application and a set of tools. Um, as a design manager, I would lo- well, I would love to hear as a de- uh, how do you what kind of challenges you face as a design manager and what kind of uh, challenges uh, you face when designing, let's say, a desktop reader app or a desktop Acrobat app, which has been quite very interestingly designed lately i should say yeah <laughs> so um like how new is that and what approach did you take to designing that kind of application for your users um i think it has been very very challenging i have to say honestly the reason has been if you think about <clears throat> a couple of years ago pretty much how we ship our product is uh, per platform right we focused on desktop we ship the desktop application uh, mobile application was not available before like five years ago. And then web application was not available at like, six or seven years ago. But nowadays, because of the massive need of real-time collaboration and accessibility, um, I think it's a big challenge to design across platforms. If you imagine this, right? In the past, if you focus on one platform, the constraint is only limited to that platform. Now, if things are cross-platform, any single thing you are designing could be impacted or influenced the other platform or iOS systems when I talk about mobile. So that every single features we design, we have to consider desktop, Windows, Mac, web, mobile, iOS, Android. So I think pretty oh. much every single <laughs> thing you have to consider all those platform and uh, and application uh, and and um, iOS systems. So that's the biggest challenge. The second challenge is, as I mentioned earlier, we serve a wide range of user base, right? 
it's almost impossible to design one thing or one user interface that could serve all the way from a soccer mom who wants to fill up a registration form uh, all the way up to enterprise customers. So that's another big challenge that we have to be careful, define or um, uh, select what would be the proper feature base, feature sets we want to, to, to serve our customers. So I think that is a second challenge. The third challenge is that um, this is a big domain. Uh, from a revenue perspective, we probably uh, drive lots of revenue for the company. We're also responsible for those users who need PDF and then the ongoing growing needs for document. So how are we going to explore the unmet user needs that who cares about their document um, needs that is the, the third challenge that that i had been trying to to optimize so i think um yeah those are the three big challenges that i'm dealing with right right now i'm wondering how you deal with research since you have an enormous user base and you yes. just mentioned all these kinds of slices and user groups so how do you how do you get opinions from them how do you get feedback um we have a group of uh, user research trying to uh, help us define or explore those uh, user needs. Uh, in addition, so um, there are also more usage data we got to uh, refer to now. A couple years ago, that was not uh, possible or um, available. So now through those usage data, uh, that provide very rich uh quantitative information for us to know uh, which features or fe- which functionality user use the most, then we should just definitely focus on those. There are certain u- uh, user they probably, they really click on certain button or they really use certain feature. Maybe we um, definitely that's a big sign that uh, those shouldn't be the, the focus area we should place. So I think uh, the combination of qualitative and quantitative research done through big data and also user research professionals and plus our designers trying to apply the design thinking or user-centered design process all together are um, equipping us to design something that truly resonate or match users need uh, again we are serving wide range user base that has always been a challenge so uh, sometimes we uh, have to pick a very specific user type, focus on that. Sometimes we just try to have a general balance across all the different features. An interesting insight I can share is that if you look into the existing Acrobat application, there are more than a hundred of functionalities or features or tools in, in, in the application. And then we serve all those user types Every single user type or persona, when you say um, different user segment, they only use a very small portion of those like 100 or 200 tools, right? So, and then that is a tricky part that um, it's almost impossible for us to truly optimize or make one user group happy, right? Because we're trying to maintain this um, 25 years application, trying to serve our user base, try to serve their needs, so that has been always a challenge to try to uh, really have some good selling point, a good uh, feature story to tell, uh, to promote our features in every releases. That, that is a big challenge for us as well. Could you give us an insight on how things are done within your design team that you manage? Like how many people are there? Do you have anything specific to your team about the way you do things, like how you manage your design workflow, for example? 
Yeah, so uh, in terms of design project, um, it all depends on the priorities and the focus for each release. In some cases, we do quick and dirty design tasks, trying to um, uh, nail the design in a very short period of time. For certain cases, uh, critical new feature or uh, innovative ideas, it usually takes longer time. We try to uh, follow a very common design process that has been well known in the industry. Uh, I think as a designer, you uh, we should be very familiar with that uh, user-centered design process. In our in our design team, we try to follow the following steps. We start with uh, understand, or some people call that empathize, and then followed by define. The third stage is design, and then. Um, coming to the refined prototype and test phase, and then lastly, optimize and implement. So even though it sounds like linear, but definitely um, at least the design and refine in prototype phase are iterative uh, process. Uh, we try to, uh, we have a list of like design activities, or we call that menu to pick from. So the user uh, or the designer will pick uh, associate or relevant design activities they will conduct trying to uh, did a deep dive in the different phases try to understand the users carefully define what would be the feature set that makes sense for the users uh, pretty much exploring or practice their creativity to push the envelope uh, make sure that things are innovative and then um, uh, serve or match the user need and then quickly iterate and prototype and test to validate the design proposals. And lastly, trying to uh, make sure that there's a quality implementation working closely with engineering to um, translate the design into the real product. So that's a typical uh, five-step five process I think most users are familiar with. Uh, D school at Stanford also kind of highly advocating or I would say initiated those that process a long time ago. Um, so I think that is a general process. Depending on the scope and the timeline we have, uh, we might uh, have a compact version of the, the, the project plan or a, a very ambitious uh, or uh, thorough project plan for different projects. Do you have any favorite features or stories or the way you solved a certain design problem um, under your belt throughout your years of uh, service at Adobe? Um, I think the the biggest one would be the major release. I think in three and a half years ago, uh, I need to. Ch uh, so this uh, Acrobat DC release that was the very first time we renamed uh, Adobe Acrobat to Adobe Acrobat DC. DC stands for Document Cloud, of course. And then that was the very first release that we are we were cross platform. Um, and then we also submitted that design project to the Design Management Institute in Boston, and then we won the Design Value Award second place. So I think that's probably the biggest, biggest project I've ever involved uh, in my career. <laughs> uh, we have a poster hanging behind me in my office. And if, if people are interested, you can take a look at that in the uh, DMI uh, website. I think that's still available there for access. So that's probably the, the biggest one, yeah. Awesome. Well, congratulations on that and winning the award. That's that's a great milestone in your career, I bet. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, there are also other uh, awards that we won. For example, IXDA, the 
the Adobe Fill and Sign app also uh, won in the one category. And recently, the Scan app also uh, won some awards in the mobile space. Yeah, I think yeah, there are kind of four or five awards we won in the past five years. Scan app, scan app. I will highly recommend people download it and give it a try. We shipped that, uh, released that last year. Uh, it's a very straightforward, purpose-built application. Very easy to understand, very easy to use. Uh, and then the power of that is not only to uh, capture or store your digital document through uh, scan, but also it's got store, uh, stored in the document cloud that due to the OCR, there are lots of amazing things you can do. You can imagine that because of OCR, you can search your scanned document. Uh, you can create contact from scanning your business card. You can fill and sign the form through your scanned form document. Uh, we're still trying to invent or uh, enhance the functionality of scan app, uh, but highly recommend you give it a try and let me know or let us know how it works. Absolutely. I've been also reading an article of yours about the way you designed it. And uh, it starts with a qu quote that great design about removing everything that you can from it <laughs> uh, by Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, I think. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to link to that in the show notes. That's a great article. <laughs> yeah, that is my favorite project. Also my favorite quote. So uh, yeah, definitely highly recommend that um, that article that I wrote. Um, it's Nothing can be more critical than how to strive for simplicity. I think that's uh, art for designers. And the reason I mentioned Scan is if you look at Acrobat, it has been in the market for 25 years now. Uh, it's a very robust, powerful tool. But you can also imagine people's perception is, is a uh, quite complicated tool, even though it's powerful. Scan app is a different piece. It's a very straightforward and purpose-built uh, application. We spend lots of time make, like, making lots of effort trying to specify the right set, just the right set of features of that app. Because when you come to an application, usually people tend to add a lot of powerful features. But in this case, we try to very carefully select or identify what users really need to do for when they come to scan. People don't scan for, for fun. There's a certain reason why they do that. And then we try to identify those special subsequent potential next step for the users. And then we try to help them to, to, to achieve that, trying to provide something that they didn't expect or they feel, oh, I didn't know Scan app can do this. And then the thanks to the AI and, and some machine learning technology, we were able to provide those functionality to the users. One last question for today would be, where can people go online to, to learn more about effective ways of using Adobe DC? Uh, because you have some spectacular help documents and videos and tutorials. However, uh, it's not like very easy to, <laughs> it's very easy to get lost in them, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I think the best way is to go to our Adobe blog. And then uh, I can give you the URL risk right now. It's, uh, uh, the URL is theblog.adobe.com slash document hyphen cloud. So I think you can start from theblog.adobe.com and there are uh, creative cloud, document cloud, uh, experience cloud articles there. So that provides lots of uh, best practices or um, the behind the scenes story that how we build up a product 
across different clouds. So that's probably the best way to go. Well, thank you so much for sharing your insight today. If our readers want to follow yourself personally, is there any great place uh, to follow you online? Yeah, I think LinkedIn is the best way. Um, again, my name is Liang Chen Lin. It spells as L-I-A-N-G hyphen C-H-E-N-G. Last name is Lin. I'm sure, um, Jen, you will share my name. Definitely. Thank you so much once again for joining us today. And I hope you have a wonderful, productive week. Yeah, thank you for inviting me, Jen. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for joining. 